1: What is up, Atlanta? Welcome back to the Active Atlanta Podcast. I'm your host, Doc Takes Four, and today, y'all, we have a really special guest on this podcast. Here, uh, her name is Ashley Reese. She's the founder and owner of Reese Fitness, guys. She is a personal trainer who also does uh, she does online coaching and person co- and person coaching. She does nutrition coaching. Uh, she's really uh, a jack of all trades. She loves to focus on helping women build strength and confidence. She's a competitive power as well. Uh, she's got a vast background in helping out uh, and, and all forms of strength athletes. Her parents grew up in some OG CrossFit days. Uh, so without further ado, Ashley, welcome to the podcast.
2: Thank you. I am super excited to be here and just talk about all things strength training and nutrition.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's get after it. I see like we got some got some pretty legit awards in the background there. That looks nice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah it's like my powerlifting wall. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just it's um, oh my gosh, that's awesome. So, when was the last time you competed in powerlifting?
2: Um, it has been almost a year, so uh, the top of 2023, probably like February ish, was the last meeting.
1: Okay, yeah, kind of like run us through it. So, like, how long is this like a typical length that you like to wait for uh lifting, or is this uh, or is there something that you are you taking a break? Are you trying to come back from injuries? Like, what do you kind of what's kind of like your mo right now?
2: Yeah, this is definitely atypical for me. So, I like to do about Two meets a year, three tops. Um getting more into adulthood is leading to more more towards two now. Yeah. But um after putting two meets a little too too close together, I really wanted to take some time off. So my goal is actually take a full year off. And I probably won't be competing again until like 2024, maybe March towards May. We haven't really solidified that just yet. But um I'm excited to get back into it. The time loss is definitely needed to just kind of handle some other things, but I'm excited to get back into it.
1: Yeah, I think that's so important too. And a really cool lesson to hear from um, a professional within the industry is, uh, you know, it's important to recognize when like, if you're in the gym, if you're training pretty regularly, like, there's all different types of motivations, right? Like there can be you just want to look better with your clothes off. There's you are trying to do it for mental wellness. Uh, You're trying to do to handle daily battles of, uh, of stress that life can give your way. Um, you could do it cause you're just flat out competitive and you want to be the best version of yourself. And there's typically a blend of all those things. Right. Um, and I think it's really important to recognize that we all are human at the end of the day. Right. So like, uh, doing something as intense as a powerlifting competition, if you do a couple too close, if you get too in the weeds with that, like there can be, um, uh, repercussions that happen with that. Right. So, uh, you know, we have painted in this giant mural on our wall in our office that movement is medicine. Right. Um, but, I think what a lot of people fail to realize is just as medicine can be super powerful, right. It can be super like penicillin has essentially like eradicate it's like helped us live. It's like added 20 years to our expected lifespan. Right. But you could OD on penicillin, right. Uh, just like you could OD (laughs) on movement. If we're going to treat movement as a medicine, like it's important to know that there is a, um, it is uh, too much of a good thing is absolutely not a best thing in a situation like this. So, um, I love that you're taking that break. So walk us through your journey. What's your journey been like getting back into it?
2: Yeah. um, It's definitely been interesting to say the least. Um, It's been very humbling. So as someone who like used to be able to deadlift 350 pounds, like I probably squatted just shy of 345 before I stopped. Now going back to like 225 and working my way back up, it is tough because you're just like, my body used to be able to do better than this. And it's hard to stick with it and especially being a practitioner in the field, you know like slow and steady wins the race. But from the training perspective, it's helped me a lot as a coach. It's helped me to understand my clients' journey because I'm literally in the trenches truly with them right now. Yeah. So it's really helpful because I'm just like, I know where you are. I am like the proof of like you can get back, but we have to take our time. So this testimony that I'm honestly physically going through is exciting because I can use it now and physically like and mentally understand like what my clients go through when they're like, well, I used to be this small or well, I used to lift this. It's like we can still get back there. But also sometimes we have to realize, do we truly want to get back there? And I had to realize that, too. So I actually moved up a weight class because I realized just in the current stage of life, I was like, I actually don't want to be that small anymore. So that yeah. reflective part is important to you.
1: Oh my gosh. That's amazing too. And you're so right. It's, it's really tough to battle. We were kind of joking beforehand, <laughs> um, you know, talking about different clientele. And I was talking about like, uh, you know, I'm in this age range that I used to make fun of all the time. It's like, I'm a, I'm a dude who thinks I can uh, compete at the level that I used to compete at. And it's humbling sometimes, right? But um, on a more serious note, we are always trying to, there does seem to be like, if you're competitive in nature, you're always kind of trying to, you're subconsciously, or maybe not even intentionally comparing yourself to your former self, right? We hear it all the time in terms of like, this is how we want to make sure, like you, you monitor your progress based off of not the other people in the gym, but yourself, right? So then you're constantly in this inner battle with who you were before. And it's so interesting the way that life phases or the life or life can give you different phases of who you are. You shouldn't be the same person in your thirties that you were in your twenties or your forties as you were in your thirties. Right? Like there's, and not that just decades is a marker of that, but we, there's different phases and different stressors and different um, as one of my really good buddies, Brett, Brett Bartholomew always says, he's like, you know, new new levels, new devils, Jake. Right. So uh, there's all kinds of different things that life can throw at you. So I love that. Like, not only are you working back into this fitness uh, or back into like you're competing, right. You're taking it nice and slow, uh, but you're also not letting some of your former comparisons get, uh, or your comparisons of your former self get in the way, because that's while the same, same, you, it's a totally different stage of life that you're in. Right. So those, so those numbers, while they're nice to chase potentially, like those are just um, benchmarks, if anything. Right. Um, So I, I love that. And I think that, um, more people, I wish more people would kind of take that in consideration of like, yeah, it's nice to know what I could do at some point at one point, but, um, let's make sure that I'm just like, I'm setting expectations up for myself now and, and put, making sure that I prioritize my health, my happiness and uh, happy attitude towards the thing that I want to do versus punish myself with it.
2: Yeah, I agree. I like how you talk about happiness. I think that's like key. And I kind of focus on that with a lot of my clients. It's just, like, you have to realize what stage of life you are in and what is going to be, like, enjoyable right now. So, for me, it was, like, transitioning to a high season with owning my own business meant pulling back power powerlifting. And, like, for my clients, that aligns with them because sometimes it's just, even if they're working a nine-to-five, it's just, like, a busy season of whatever your job is might require you to end up in a maintenance phase. And, like, that's okay. If that's nope. going to be more enjoyable, then, like, let's go for it.
1: For sure. Yeah. Let's talk about your business a little bit. What do you do? So, what is what is Reese Fitness?
2: Yeah, so Reese is my last thing. <laughs> yeah. But Reese Fitness is um my business. I actually have been running it since I was in college. It started out very much so as like a passion project just for fun and spiraled into me not going on a physical therapy school and becoming a full time personal trainer. And now what I've really focused on is personal training, but in the strength regard, so I work mostly with women and help them just build strength and feel confident in the gym. And then I also add on nutritional coaching. I feel like nutrition is often like lost in the sauce. And there's a lot of things that are out there on the internet. But my whole idea is to try to condense it and make it more understandable. And something that you can feel comfortable with, I feel like nutrition is often looked at as like, oh, I can't eat this. It's very restrictive. I try to have an inclusive approach of like, well, what can we add into your diet? And how can we make sure you can do this for like long term the rest of your life?
1: Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's awesome, and I love that. Like, well, one, kudos to you. I love that you like you started this like in college, right? And then <laughs> had these aspirations. Clearly, you're a motivated human. Um, had these aspirations of going to PT school. And you're like, you know what? No, I think that this that I my uh life is better served with what I'm doing here with my business full time. And I, it's like that's a scary leap. So, uh, congrats on making that leap. And uh, so when you dial into uh, working with women, uh, what are some of the um, challenges that you notice when you're working with a woman versus a man?
2: Um, I would say understanding of our bodies and what they're truly capable. I feel like when I do work with the men, they are a little bit, I feel like aggressive is not the word, but they're more willing to like push themselves. Like they're more aware of what their body can do is the best way to say it. Where with my woman's clients, I feel like a lot of times we are capable of so much more than we are truly even aware of so a lot of times, it's not even so much that, like, the first few months you're getting stronger with me. It's really the first few months of me showing you, like, you are capable of lifting more than 20 pounds. Like, mm-hmm. your child weighs more than 20 pounds is what I use for all my moms. i like, then we're not holding a 20-pound dumbbell. Wow. Um, and, of course, there's a time and place where there are clients that need to start there. But most women don't. So that is really what I focus on is just, like, exposing them to what they're capable of and then pushing so much far past that.
1: Yeah. Oh man. Ah, that is so true. I, uh, you know, um, so I used to write some strength training for a gym here in Atlanta. Um, that was predominantly, um, like I would say like 95% of their population that trained there were females. Right. And it was, uh, really opening to me because, um, you know, speaking of CrossFit, um, outside of CrossFit, I think one of the things that people don't give CrossFit enough credit for is that it made it, um, um, I don't want to say cool, but normal for a woman to have a barbell in her hand, right? Because, like, uh, there's really no other, like, arena that's done it at the scale that CrossFit has been able to do it at, right? Um, So, uh, realizing this, like, a lot of these women that were coming in, they didn't want to go into a CrossFit gym. They wanted to do more, like, strength conditioning within their own group, but that was predominantly females. Um, There was the big hurdle there was letting people know was letting these women know that they can deadlift more than 65 pounds. (laughs) Right. Like, uh, just because you got these big wheels on there, doesn't mean it's heavy. Right. Like, uh, you're so much strong. You just rep this. You could rep this out 30 times. This isn't what you should be doing for eight. Right. Um, like it is, and it is really interesting because it is a whole mindset shift. And I don't, I don't, I'm honestly, it's a, I think it could be just a whole failure of strength conditioning for the uh, female population in general, because, um, I mean, it's it, like you're told all the time, like, this is what heavy is for like, you know, like, uh, this is, um, this is what a safe weight is for females. We talked about the difference in like how to train females. That was pretty antiquated back in college. And it was always like different weights and different stuff, like different barbells, things like that. Sports are different. Right. But, um, yeah, I, it's really more of a societal, like, uh, failing on the strength and conditioning side more than it is like a lack of women wanting to do anything like that. Right
2: yeah i definitely think it's just pure lack of like, education like someone who started off in like the beginning phases of crossfit probably like 2014 oh, um i remember where there was no 45 and 35 pound bar it was the man's bar and the female bar and yep. i'm really happy that that term is like slowly going away and people are like well this is the 45 this is the 35 period like there's no men versus female anymore so i agree that we just we As practitioners, have to like preach it more like, hey, like this is what you're capable of for like the community to understand, like, oh, I can start lifting and be safe and be injury
1: free, like it's possible, yeah, for sure. Now, do you still get the age old, like, uh, um, you still hear this a lot from your clients of like, well, I don't want to lift a heavyweight because I don't get bulky. Do you get that quite a bit?
2: Yep, I like kind of already knew where you were going,
1: yeah, yeah, I, I could see it in that. the eyes, yeah.
2: Um, <laughs> It's funny. I, I think that's the kind of part of the reason why I got into powerlifting is I really wanted to show women that like you can lift heavy and look, still look feminine. And of course, like feminine to whatever that means to you. But I always specify like when people look at bodybuilders, I think they often assume that that is like just normal strength training. And I try to like just get them to understand like that person is working extremely hard to oh look God, like yeah. that. Like unless you're ready to train five to six days a week, you're good. Like you're not going to get there overnight. So. Again, I think it's just like the education missing the mark again, like two to three strength trainings a week is not going to get you there.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And like, yes, those bodies, like it is their life, right? It's five to six hours. It's five to six days a week, (laughs) multiple hours a day, their whole, like everything they put in their mouth and consume is dedicated (laughs) around their training goals, right? Like, um, the, the amount of times that they sleep is dedicated to their training goals. Like it is an entire thing that get to that to get to that physique level and it's, and it should be championed versus scoffed at. Right. Um, yeah. but I totally agree. And I, th- and it's, it is interesting. It's this in- interesting perception of like, uh, Oh man, I touched that. Be- I touched that metal barbell over there. And like, I'm just going to f- blow up into have like, you know, 30 inch arms. And it's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> um, but again, and and again, and there's nothing wrong with like not wanting to be super bulky either. Right. But, um, I think that, um, a big thing that, uh, like that we typically try to work with is like, man like I get it you want to look like lean right or like th- like uh, and and a great way to look lean and I'm not and, and that bulky right is to be strong <laughs> right um <laughs> is to have strength you're gonna be more metabolically active in that standpoint you're gonna be um like we talk about that all the time with like our um you know switching g- genders here uh talking about um with my uh um traditionally male or dads that will come in right and they want to lose. 30 pounds, right? So then they start running all the time, right? And I'm like, okay, uh, let's let's play a game. Like with your uh body image, when you're thinking about like your ideal body image, I guess, like would you rather look more like a uh endurance runner or a sprinter, right? And they're like, oh, uh, sprinter. I'm like, okay, well then we need to pick some, we need to pick up a barbell then, right? Like <laughs> uh we can't we can't just jog away in this. And there's nothing wrong with any of those physiques, it's just what do you want, right? Um, what, what are some of the things that you're looking for? Because a lot of times what people's goals and intentions are don't match up with what they're, uh, trying to do or what the, or what information, what information they're consuming via, you know, social media, Dr. Google, uh, personal trainer, Google chat GPT, right? Like there's limitations to that. And I think one of the biggest ones is that personal touch, which is when it comes really important to work with somebody like yourself, who's got a nice background in multiple arenas, CrossFit, uh, Powerlifting, functional bodybuilding, anything strength related, and how do you apply that into um, the life of, uh, into your daily life, right?
2: Yeah. I do think there's like kind of that miscommunication between like what training will get what results. And a lot of people like will start off running, which I love, and will start off walking. But I think there's a time and place where you have to realize like that is not enough to mm-hmm. get like that muscle and that lean, what you're cu- your going for. Like looking lean comes from having muscle underneath. So mm-hmm. just kind of again that and it's the education of like teaching people like hey you can look like that but like we gotta talk about strength training we gotta talk about your nutrition like all of these things are gonna work together to get you that look.
1: Yeah, for sure. And you know it's really interesting too. It's like when we look at like um, studies, right? This is pretty well known. I would say it's fairly well known now. Um, it, it blew my mind when I learned about it back in PT school when we when I took out of this one this research class that we were in, and. um finding out that a lot of times females, uh, are omitted from research studies. Right. Um, which, you know, I I get it. Like I I can understand the logic from the studies, right. If you're running like a multi-year study and you're trying to keep things consistent, like it's just tough, I guess. Right. But is it justified? Is that justifying? No. Um, so a lot of times like these studies that we look at, like it's, it's almost just like women just get grouped up in with men, uh, when that's, not an accurate way to, um, perceive different genders here or different, um, um, sexes here. Right.
2: I agree. I always say like, I love the science side of things, but we have to like, make it practical and see how we can actually like implement this into your because Like you said, a lot of studies don't represent like all communities evenly. And it's kind of missed the mark a little bit on like what women actually like are stronger. in. so like, for me, Being powerlifting, being in powerlifting and being exposed to so many powerlifting women, I realized like we definitely can usually take more value than Mm -hmm. men. But with that is actually kind of like halfway a negative caveat is that it usually takes more value for us to see results. So it's like knowing these little nuances and working with so many women really helped me understand like there are slight differences, but it's just not as big as we really think.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I love that you bring up the the personal side of things or like, uh, like the end of one side of things, right? Like there's, um, this is where, uh, my role has changed quite a bit. I would say since coming out of school is like all the information out there, right? Um, uh, you have shoulder pain, like all the information out there to help you out, out with your shoulder pain, right? Like, uh, if you're trying to get stronger, uh, in the gym, like all the information out there for you on how to get stronger, right? Um, but so my, my role is no longer, I don't think like an information giver. I think my role is more an information clarifier, right? So, um, I'm going to take this information that you have, maybe throw on some layers that you weren't, that you hadn't realized before, but really it's, a, it's packaging all this information in a way that makes sense for who you are sitting right in front of me right now. Right. Cause what that, uh, Google search that you did isn't accounting for is, um, that you have two kids under three, right? Uh, what that Google search isn't accounting for is that, um, you know, you just lost your mom last month and you're struggling with some depression from that. Right. Understandably. So, uh, what that Google search isn't, uh, accounting for is that, um, you're a super high functioning human being who, uh, started their own business and, uh, you've worked yourself into some anxiety and insomnia because of that. Right. Um, th- these are the personal touches that data, just simply can't um, uh, put together for you on a search. So working with somebody like yourself or a nice or an expert in the field becomes um, paramount to your success, depending on how serious you want to get with your goals. Right.
2: Yeah. I mean, I literally couldn't agree more. And that is like a big thing that I emphasize on. It's like you can get all the information, you can get all the training programs online, but what online is not going to tell you is, like, if you come in stress, dehydrated, low on sleep, what do you do now? Like, what does this training look like? And that's a lot of, like, what I focus on is, like, how do we modify? How do we go through busy seasons of life? Like, how do we take our workouts down and still maintain results? And that is, like like you said, it's, like, the special topping of, like, data can't show you that, research can't show you that. It's just, like, pure testimonies and being in the trenches with your clients
1: for sure. Oh my gosh, yeah, getting in the trenches is super important, right? <laughs> um and and to your point too, it's like it's it's not wrong either, right? Like it's not wrong that you've uh that you've got a kid that won't sleep. So you only got 4 yeah. hours of sleep last night, right? Like uh you're not it's not wrong that you've been uh that you have a really busy that you have a, that you're an, that you're a very um um um, high achieving professional who is like, works in consulting and has to travel six days out of the week. So you're probably eating out more than you should because who wouldn't in that situation, right? Like, um, you're it's, these things aren't wrong, right? Like, I think that that's a misconception is like, is there, are there bumper guards to what we know we need to do and work on to optimize our performance? For sure. There are right. Like, but, uh, we get, it's our jobs as the professionals to work this stuff into you. It's the same thing when I'm, if I'm working on like a shoulder injury or like, or like for you with, uh, trying to help somebody improve their, their overall health and wellness, right? Like, uh, how do we take these principles that we know to be true and have that help them morph into your world to where you can achieve them and you're not going to beat yourself up over them, but you're still going to get the results. And we're still going to be, uh, and this isn't saying like, take a back seat and don't do anything, right? Like you still got to put in work yeah. and effort, but um i don't think that's the conversation that a lot of people need to hear i think it's probably more the opposite
2: i agree i love what you said how it's not wrong it's so funny because like as someone started training so young like i remember when i was 18 i could like train four days a week i could have like the set rest i could meal prep all my meals now being 27 i'm like okay i order from hungry root because i cannot cook every single day and there's a lot of things that i've modified. And it was definitely a learning curve for me to be like, this is okay to like one is not necessarily better than the other that just fits my life and my season. And that's just helped me navigate like my relationship with clients even more because most of my clients are over 25. Most of my clients are older than me. So being more exposed to like, okay, this is what it looks like to like take care of a household and do your job and try to work out. It's just like, this is the reality for most of us who are not athletes. And like, this is okay too.
1: Oh my gosh. Yeah. I think about like, you know, look at back at like high school, like I was, you know, I'd wake up, go get a workout in, go to school, right. Go yep. to, go to practice afterwards, go and work with, I was fortunate enough to work with a personal trainer after that. Right. And all of that on like, on like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like uh, it's, it's, it's insane. And now it's like, and I was just having this conversation with a patient of mine today. It's like, I feel like you take the red pill. Like um, if you want to go into parenthood and get to go into parenthood, like, when you you finally do get into parenthood, you're like, oh, okay, I get it, right? (laughs) It's totally totally different. And it's tough to even know until you're in it. It's like, you know, like uh, Julian, my son, he went through this three-month sleep regression that was just brutal, brutal. It was like every hour this kid was up and it would take him like an hour to get back Mm -hmm. down. You were just falling back asleep and you hear him start crying again. It's like, you know, three months of that, you know, like sleep deprivation is a form of torture. I was like, I felt like I was being tortured. Like I was like, remember one night I turned to my wife I was like yeah I don't know like what, what do we do <laughs> you know <laughs> uh and it's like try to maintain some healthy lifestyles on top of that on top of owning a business on top of all these other things right like um it's tough and like uh and to know that there's like there are if you're living in a pif- per, uh, picture perfect world for sure like we can get after it and like really die and really help hold you straight to the research right um, but the art side of the art and science of coaching and personal training and physical therapy and healthcare in general is, uh, cause make no mistake about it. Uh, we, we talk about this with our relationships all the time, like personal training, strength coaching, like that is frontline defense for health, for the, uh, for the healthcare industry. Right. Um, but, and when you're in that world, that's like, there's an art to that. It's not just a science. So taking, cause we're all human beings. We're not simple machines like we're way more complex than a car we all you know you hear the analogies all the time of like oh well it's like if your tires are out of alignment you your tread would wear more right so that's how what's going on with your chores like well that's simple to understand and kind of conceptualize that <laughs> grossly under under uh serves how much or underestimates how complex our bodies really are and how complex we are as human beings um so yeah i love that you take that personal approach and not just take a personal approach but like you're you can do it from experience, right? Like you're, you're actually actively doing things right now with your clients and you're not just somebody telling somebody's telling people what to do because that's what they should be, or because you think that's what they need to be doing is because it's what you're doing with yourself as well.
2: Yeah. The personal understanding does, it just takes, you can never get it out of a book or a certification.
1: (laughs) For sure. No, you can't, you can't replicate hands-on experience. That's for sure. Right. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, like, uh, what do you do? So, um, so, okay. So if somebody was to work, run me through it. So like, say like, okay, man, this podcast sounds awesome. I want to go work with Ashley. Um, what is your typical onboarding process? Like, how do you like to work with your clients here?
2: Yeah. So it completely depends on if you want to go the online training route or in person, I'm open to either, or I'm about 50% each right now, but in regards to on per- in person, I absolutely love doing intro sessions. So it's usually 50 bucks for an hour. And this is my favorite thing to do with new clients, because it's just a great way for me to see like, how does your body move? Let's talk in person. Like, where do you live? What does your job look like? Do you have any kids? Like, during that movement evaluation, although I am like evaluating the movement, I'm asking them so many questions. And typically, they just think I'm learning about them, which I am. So I really do love learning about my clients. But on the flip side, me knowing do you work from home or not, how far you drive to work, how many kids you have, that really matters on like, what is truly practical for you and how many days a week you can truly lift. Because I always tell my clients, you don't have to lift every day with me, but there are set goals that I want you to lift a week. So that's like how the that would start. And then from there, we'll determine like what your schedule looks like, how many times you want to see me a week, how many times you want to work out on your own, and we kind of create a personalized plan for you. Online training is very similar. The evaluation is just, of course, completely online. So you will have like X amount of movements to go through. You'll record yourself going through every single movement from a front side and back angle and then from there i go through it review give you kind of like little tips like this tweak this open your stance turn your toes and x y z and then you also have a very in-depth intake form and i always tell my clients like the more the better like please don't feel like you're oversharing with me because the more i know the more i can help you and then from there i kind of just back together all the information from your movement evaluation your intake form and then create the program catered to you
1: that's awesome i love it so then um you said like a uh, 10 to 12 movements is what people typically film themselves doing.
2: Yeah. About sometimes it just, it kind of just depends on that client and their goals. So like if someone's coming to me for like powerlifting and I know they have like a solid background, they might not be doing as many movements. But if I know someone like I've never seen you before, you're not current referral. I'm probably going to go through a little bit more movements because I'm not aware of your current experience.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I, what I love too, is that like, uh, that little piece that you talked about in the very beginning, which is super, um, it, it reminds me of like the locksmith analogy. I don't know if you've heard that or not, but, uh, so like you, you said, you talked about how, like, you know, it sounds like we're doing small talk, which we are. I do want to get to know you, but, um, through reps and a level of expertise, I'm also thinking about things on an entirely different level. Right. So, um, I do want to know about your kids and your life and your work and where you work, but, all that's also giving me really good data on how I can help you set your, set a better goal for yourself. Right. I'm getting, I'm, I'm doing data acquisition so I can make sure that we're setting you up for success, not failure. Um, because the last thing we want, if you're going to work with somebody like me is, is to fail, right? Like that's, that's, yeah. that's not what I want by any means. Um, or that's not, I'm sure that's not what you want by any means either. Um, and it's so, and it's so cool because it's, it's like this locksmith analogy of like, um, of perception of value. Right. So, um, you know, say you call like a young, uh, or like a rookie locksmith over, right. Cause you've locked your keys out of your, you can't find your keys. I don't know. Uh, th- you know, and this rookie takes two hours to get the job done they cut but they're super personal, They're talking to you. They're like, you know, doing the thing right. Um, versus a seasoned vet who comes in, knocks it out in 10 minutes, but you get the same bill, right. You kind of feel like you get, you kind of feel like you get gypped a little bit, right. It's like, well, yeah. What what do you want? Do you want me just to sit there and talk around and waste your time, or do you want we we'll still talk? Like, well, don't get me don't get me wrong there, but like, there's a level of expertise that only comes from reps, right? Um And that's that's a great example. And you weren't even trying to demonstrate anything; just come across with like how you work, which is really cool to see.
2: Yeah, definitely. So like, just constantly doing it. Like, if there's any like trainers or people who want to get in training, listening, like, just repetition is really what's going to get you there. Like, people always ask me about it. I'm like, it is just from constantly working with numerous women of different backgrounds from stay a home mom's nine to five entrepreneur and seeing how that dictates their lifestyle that like helped me get to here and be like, Oh, you said you do this type of job. I already know it's high stress because like I had a client that had a similar job and that just yeah. helped so much.
1: Yeah. What are some of the bigger challenges that you notice women have when it comes to strength training outside of some of the yeah. stuff that we talked about already?
2: Um, well, one definitely like just perceive of like, Oh, how strong you are is huge Two, I would say sometimes time. So mm-hmm. um, especially with like my mom clients, like just that time commitment, sometimes is a little shorter, but it's possible. I think sometimes we think with strength training, we have to be in the gym for hours and it's just not true. Like we can definitely get it done in 30 to 45 minutes. And we do have to be more concise and maybe our goals have to adapt to that time constraint, but time availability is definitely a big challenge. Um, but outside of that, I wouldn't I would say, I can't really think of anything else. It's just that time and then lack of awareness of like what you can do.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any big like pet peeves about like, uh, like that, you know, of, um, uh, of the, not, maybe not the industry, but like working with women that like really get you fired up to like, try to like, um, oh, we're going to solve this problem for women's strength training.
2: <laughs> um, I think the biggest thing is just, uh, if I lift, I'm going to be bulky. Like that is yeah. just like my biggest, like, I hate it. I wish it would just like go away. I wish so people would understand that it—it's just not that easy. It's not that simple. It's going to no. take a long time for you don't to look bulky, um, yeah. like like sweat piece
1: <laughs> Yeah, that's a lot. Like, um, well, you know, it's like uh, in my in my world or uh, it, the PT world. Like, we we all got so frustrated with like the the idea that you can't squat. Like when you squat, your knees can't go past your toes, right? Okay. And it took like for decades for that to get beat out of like gym culture, I feel like, and you still see it sometimes like what you still think that. Um, but uh, I do think that with the work that like different industries are doing like CrossFit in particular, um, and you know, I think other industries are doing it too, but it's just not at, at the same scale or successful level as CrossFit in terms of not just putting a barbell in a woman's hand being acceptable, but being like, uh, like um, uh, a lot of like younger women are looking up to women in the CrossFit games, right? They're looking up to these, stronger women who may have the perception of being bulky uh, but man, they're just they're just freaking competing. Right. Like uh, you yeah. take anybody in the middle of a, take a snapshot of anybody in the middle of something passionate and they're probably going to look a little bit more jacked up than they typically do. <laughs> right. Um, so yeah, I love it. I love that. Um, that's your M.O. Well, I'll tell you what, Ashley. if somebody wanted to uh, get to know you a little bit more, if they were like, man, actually sounds like somebody I would want to work with. Um, what would be some really cool ways for them to learn about you? Maybe sign up to work with you. Um, where can I point them?
2: Yeah, so I would first definitely point that into my Instagram, which is ashley.reecefitness. I always say my Instagram is a snapshot of me, my personality, my training, and my clients. So it's a great way to just see, like, what I'm all about. From there, if you're looking for more structured, ReeseFitness.com, which is my website, that is going to walk you through absolutely everything that's included in every service that I offer. And if you have any questions from there, you can definitely just, you can either message me on Instagram, if that is your jam, or you can email me, um, it's going to be info at reeffitness.com. And that is like, have added any questions you may have.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. And it's so true, man. Like so many people <laughs> do just just reach out via DM these days. Right. So, um, yeah, I love it. Yep. Yeah. So, well, actually, thank you so much. So again, it's your, your website. What's your website again?
2: Um, at reeffitness.com
1: reesefitness.com it's your instagram handle uh reach out guys uh ashley's a a wealth of knowledge couldn't recommend her more so uh ashley thank you so much for getting on the podcast
2: thank you for having me it was fun
0: (laughs) hey thanks so much for listening to the podcast today if you want to find out more about our guests or about athletes potential and how we can help you continue to be active and pain-free in life head over to athletespotential.com to learn more